This is Live from the Convent. Today we will be focusing on the often overlooked grain of sand through the eyes of the writer we had in podcast two, Millie Florentina, and also Michael Blaine, the artist who tends to only create art in response to a crisis. We will also be diving into the kinky world of Findom in the second part, which is financial domination. I wasn't aware this fetish existed until the other day, actually. And we will be talking to a woman who makes her living from men only dying to give her their money. If only she will talk to them rudely. And we're going to start off with the artist Michael Blaine who once spent six months in a cardboard box holding a grain of sand and looking at it in wonder. Five hundred quadrillion grains of sand. It's unbelievable. Would you believe that each one looks different under a microscope? Each one so gloriously colourful and distinct. Do you believe we should be able to see this secret? I feel it's cheating. It's cheating. If it weren't for the microscope, we wouldn't know this about sand because all the grains look the same. Is it the same as rigging a camera? in a handsome man's room and watching him get dressed after a nice, long, hot shower. Are we nature's perverts? What if I told you that a grain of sand would give you all the nutrients you would need in a lifetime? What if I told you your bones are made out of the same thing as sand. You don't have to put it in a glass of water because it doesn't dissolve in there, as you may have learned in school. You could just put it on your tongue. Your tongue won't dissolve it though, so you'll just be sucking on it for hours. Sand is just broken up rocks and minerals. It used to be part of the sea. It's like taking the whole sea condensed in a tiny pellet. Can you imagine chewing up the sea? A bish, a bosh, a bobbly wash. But make sure to brush your teeth afterwards. Excuse me for not introducing myself, but my name is Michael Blake. I respond to crises. I previously responded to the Ebola crisis in Africa. The stars outnumber the grains of sand. 
you wouldn't think that was the case. 500 quadrillion grains of sand. There's some author who talks about not being the grain of sand and being an individual instead. I've got news for you, author. There's nothing more individual than a grain of sand. Did you know that 50 billion tonnes of beach sand and fossil sand is used each year for construction and that desert sand cannot be used for construction? Desert sand contains mostly quartz or silica and glass can be made from it. That's the screen of your phone. Maybe made up of bits of coral, bits of volcano. Every grain of sand is coming from somewhere, going somewhere. The stones, the lava, your bones and teeth, it's all one. We're all the desert. I wonder what we look like under microscopes. Probably not as majestic as grains of sand. Blow the bloody doors off. Blow the bloody doors off. A desert can be as much as 41 metres deep. I was born 41 metres deep. My mother must have fell asleep. I crawled my way to the surface. It was as hot as a furnace. The desert gang beat me down with pots and pans. I made them shepherd's pie so they'd spare my life. The stones, the lava, your bones and teeth. It's all one. We're all the desert. Imagine the water and wind forming you. That's what they do. That's what happened to sand. Blow the bloody doors off. Blow the bloody doors off. And now we're going to have Millie Florentina discuss the same subject, but in an entirely different way. And actually how she covered a grain of sand quite comprehensively in her new book. I remember when I wrote Tucked Away in my private place, I felt, I felt so empowered by the world. It was my 
secret and I didn't want anyone else to know about it. I wanted to savor all that was in me and I wanted to be selfish and not let anybody else know about it. It all started when I had gone to the beach and I had taken my socks and sandals off and I had let my bare feet on the sand oh how good it felt just to walk there and to feel the wind and listen to the sea I was totally alone but I wasn't scared no I was fully present in my skin and I could feel my heart beat so loudly and I went for a swim and I remember giving my body over and over to the waves and they tossed me this way and that way <laughs> and I had a laugh I had a laugh at the expense of myself and the sea and then I came out of the sea and it was so refreshing and I put on all of my clothes all over again and I made such a spectacle of it not that anyone was around watching and I put on even my socks and my sandals because I knew I had to go I, I had to go back to feed the cats and I got into my car my little dependable comfortable car and I got back to the house and all the cats they were going crazy because they hadn't been fed and I remember this feeling deep inside me it was well up there it's not as if I hadn't felt anything like this no I had felt other things like this 
No. I could pinpoint this very tiny, foreign, rough object in my secret place, in the most private of all of my places within me, only accessible to me. And I knew, I knew deep, deep, deep in my heart it was a grain of sand. And without having to take it out to study it closely, I could feel its every edge and characteristic. I could feel the teeth from the fish. I could feel all of the tumbles and clashes that it had had with other rocks when it was a rock or a fossil or I could feel its history and that meant the world to me because there is the world in a grain of sand and I knew I had to write a book about it because a grain of sand isn't going to write a book about itself. It wouldn't be so self-centered now, would it? And I've never removed it. It's always been there and it will always be so, so close to my heart. And now, as promised, we're going to speak to a woman involved in financial domination. We will not disclose her identity in order to protect her and so that she can keep operating as she has been operating for quite some time. And she will now tell us her story. I was simply a waitress. I had been working long hours. I wasn't very happy. And uh, my boss, he was kind of horrible. And these people, they would come in I was working in a very central uh, place in a very big city. So they would come in and they would have lots of money, some of them just for, for business meetings. And then sometimes very famous uh, men, celebrities, they would come in. They would be discuss discussing uh, movies or, or politics or politicians, movie stars, 
big bankers, uh, big CEOs. And I, I've never been known to have a happy face, even when I was small. I always had this very serious face because um, I am serious. And I, <laughs> it takes a lot to make me smile. And I definitely don't respond well to comedy. What I do find funny is death, because I think death is, is a mercy for all of us. So uh, there was one day I was working, um, and this very, very powerful man came in. He sometimes would come in for a sandwich and the coffee. He would sit on his own. He did seem to be interested in me. I don't know why. My uniform wasn't even particularly attractive. It really wasn't attractive. And he just sat inside the window, but he wasn't very interested in, in looking at what was going on outside. He, he wanted to, to look at me. And I was taking other people's orders, not you know, just working. And he, he called me over, he beckoned me with his finger like I was some kind of uh, piece of crap. And I went over to him and I said, you must wait your turn, sir, because I have other customers to look after and you have been looked after. You have your coffee, you have your croissant, uh, you know, you can, you can wait, you can let other people have a chance. And so I, I went up to him when I had brought other people their food. And he said to me, what is your name? And I'm not going to say what my name is, but I told him what my name is. And uh, he was very interested in me. I could tell, I could tell. He was eyeing me up. And I was getting so sick of him. I was getting, I don't have the patience for this kind of man who thinks they can own everything. And, you know, just they, like, they are in charge of every situation. Like, there is nothing like chaos or randomness that can knock them down, that can take away their health, that can ruin them. <laughs> they think they are above this, they think they are invincible. Uh, they think they are rulers of, of empires. And I said to him, Sir, I'm not going to say what his real name is. Sir, I said, I, frankly, I am sick of people like you. I don't want to be around you. I don't know why you have called me over. You are just staring. I am wasting time. I could be fired if I keep talking to you. I'm going to move back. And he said, what time do you finish work? And I said, look, I, I finish work at 5.30. So he was there. And this began my new career. Uh, I had never thought I would be doing anything like this. I didn't know something like this would actually exist. It is ridiculous because there is no sex involved. You don't have to do anything dirty. I don't have to sit on his knee. I don't have to kiss him. I don't have to you know, do any favors. 
what he wants is for somebody to be rude to him, for somebody to be mean to him, and for him to give his money to you. For example, if I am in the shop and I see a bag I like, it's a designer bag, it is expensive, or I see a coat I want or a dress or a skirt, and I send him a picture and I say, this cost this much, I want the money for it. Buy it for me. You know where my address is. You pay for my flat. You pay for my rent. Drop it by 2 p.m. I will, I will need it then. This is when I need to get changed. And it works like this. A lot of the time, you don't even meet up. It's over the phone or it's over the internet, uh, some kind of chat. And they give you the money. These men, they are used to getting what they want. They have people telling them all day long that they are perfect. Yes, you are right, sir. Anything else you would like, sir? They are all the time hearing this. And to come across somebody like me, it is like a breath of fresh air because I don't care. I don't want their approval. And I'm literally just trying to get through the day. <laughs> and so if I can have some nice dresses from these idiots, then I will take this. For some reason, I can't pull this off. It's, it's not always something that can be pulled off. These men, they want to be insulted. They don't want to feel that you need the money. This is the problem. So not anybody can be involved in this kind of role play. It must be genuine. It must be coming from a genuine place where you don't care about these men. You really don't. And you really look down on them. You really see them as less... They can pick up on this kind of thing. They have met lots of different type of people, from homeless people to the top, top people in their company, in their team, if they are a celebrity. They have met everybody, and they can see through it. And they're very clever, but they can clearly see I don't really care. I need the money, don't get me wrong. I need money. But from where I come from, we are very resourceful. We will find a way to make the money. We will find a way to make it. It really is as simple as this. Historically, my people have, and we don't take any shit. So it just works out this way. And they really enjoy to be told what to do. And from the other end of the phone, when you say to them, I have seen a dress, I sent you the picture, I expect this money in my bank account by 5 p.m. Or I expect this delivered to me, to my door. And they, they do this. And 
I will never understand, you will never understand what is going on in their head and the thrill and the excitement from being told off, from being talked down to. We will never understand the high that they get from this because nobody in their line of work, nobody in their professional life will speak to them like this because they are the employer. They are the payroll. <laughs> so nobody will ever speak with them like this. And I am happy to do this. There is no problem in me telling them those things. There was only one occasion where I was expected to do something. And that was purely to watch. It was, I had put on a new bracelet that had been bought for me. And he was standing in the room. And I had to stand before him. He was sitting in the chair at the other side of the room. And I had to run my fingers over the bracelet. It was 24 karat gold. And there was a diamond. And I, I ran my fingers over the gold and over the diamond. And I said, hmm, this should have happened sooner. I am worth more than this. And you are a piece of shit. And you will know better next time. Next time, I will have more diamonds. And don't even think about coming near me again, unless you have a more expensive gift. And I can't really explain the effect that this had on him. He started to tremble all over. I have never seen anything like this before. I thought he was having a seizure. And I was about to, to call an ambulance. And it was, I, I, it was a, a climax unlike anything I've ever seen. Now, I did not have to go near him. I didn't have to move from where I was standing. It was enough for me to be extremely rude and extremely ungrateful for him to get where he needed to go. He was really not used to hearing this tone of voice in his vicinity. And I mainly get my business from word of mouth. I have a very good reputation and he is not my only client. I have maybe about 10 other clients and supposedly I am one of the cruelest bitches in the city doing what I do and I don't know whether I should take this as a compliment 
all I know is I'm, I'm just being myself. And maybe in, the, in a strange way, maybe the money doesn't mean that much to me. Maybe I don't really care. Maybe I want to be poor. And maybe they can tell this about me.